Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, we're going Hollywood. We are joined by Tom Carter, managing partner, manager, and producer at Artillery Creative Collective, founding partner in Oil and Cattle. Artillery Creative is a production and literary management company based in Los Angeles. Oil and Cattle is an entertainment acquisition and development fund created to support exceptional storytelling for a sophisticated audience. We're going to dive into both of those and a whole lot more, I'm sure. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite and for having me. It's my pleasure. Of course. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started in the entertainment business? Um uh, it seems like a hundred years ago now, but like a lot of people, I, uh, I came to Los Angeles to be an actor. I knew one person in LA when I first got here and, uh, my acting career began and ended in, in about five minutes. I got a, a job at a production company and, uh, realized it's probably best, you know, for everybody that I'm not in front of the camera, but that storytelling was something I was always very passionate about. And so I took the, took the, the path that was in front of me, which was producing. Awesome. And where did you, I'm sure before you founded your own production company and IP company back in 2014, um, where were some of the places, if you don't mind sharing, that you worked? I worked for a German film company called Constantine Film when I first got to uh, Los Angeles in a casting capacity. I was a casting assistant, uh, which gave me the opportunity to see a lot of actors uh, come in the door and realize there are some very, very talented, very uh uh, focused people that that fill that role <laughs> and that I should probably focus on doing something else but I would I had the um 
the fortunate experience of working with a casting director that was not only making $60 million films or, or working on $60 million films, but we cast, I think, 16 independent films over the course of the three years we were working together as well. And those ranged from two to $10 million a piece. And I got to see firsthand all the trials and uh, difficulty and, and uh, um, uh, excitement that comes with, you know, putting a film together from concept to screen, literally on the independent side. And that's, that's really where I started to uh, formulate a passion for storytelling uh, was when I was in casting. I knew that wasn't what, what I wanted to do long term, um, but I really enjoyed and appreciated the, the opportunity and experience because you're right next to working with the producers and really focused on when, where the financing is and keeping all the moving parts moving forward at the same pace in the same direction, uh, which is really a lot of what a producer does. Absolutely. I had a similar experience on Broadway, realizing there are a lot of people here way more talented than I am. Um, perhaps I should be on the other side of the stage. Yeah. So what inspired you? I believe you started Artillery Creative Collective first and then founding part, uh, and then Oil and Cattle um, about a year later. What inspired you to go out on your own? Um, because I was working in, uh, uh, casting, I knew I wanted to produce. I found, I met a partner, um, uh, my, my former partner at the time, uh, who both of us, both of us, we showed some scripts we were very interested in and kind of creatively fell in love and realized that like we had similar tastes and, and, uh, we're, we thought about, uh, material and content and storytelling in a similar fashion. And so we joined forces and started what was my first company, uh, and started making mostly under 5 million, between one and $5 million films very festival friendly, uh, director driven films and had this very indie experience where we were able to make, get these films made. We were able to identify material that attracted a certain level of talent, track that, that talent, you can find the financing and great equity relationships and uh, you can go make your film. Um, so we had this, this uh, great experience where we went to nearly every major festival in the world, picked up some awards here and there. But realized when we came came home, we still had the uh, the issue of uh, keeping the lights on. <laughs> so the business of the business of filmmaking was a, a wholly different endeavor when um, we were just approaching it from the creative standpoint, which again was like, you know, afforded us the opportunity to get them made. But then you know you open Berlin and a film then you know gets bought and opens in one theater in New York, one theater in LA, and you're still left with the question of like, okay, how do we also make money at this? Um, and so that was really what, what uh, prompted me to uh, start Artillery Creative, which is the literary management company. I loved and enjoyed working with writers so much in the process of developing, uh, helping them develop their stories um, and get them out there to market that uh, I started a management company and, and uh, kind of never went look back. That was in 2009, so I guess 14 years ago uh, now. Well, congratulations on A, starting it, and B, the staying power, right? You're still in business, which means you've obviously been able to accomplish some things. You talk about storytelling, which I think everything probably starts with the script or a treatment. Um, how do you identify stories that you think you want to produce, manage, to help get told? That's a great question and uh, and something we discuss quite often. I get asked that question a lot. And I know a lot of other producers, managers, a lot of creatives get asked that question a lot. And some of it has to do with, with uh, taste. There are certain types of stories, certain genres that I gravitate towards uh, rather than others. But I also feel like uh, as storytellers, we have the opportunity to, um, to, to put, put stories out there that move an audience in a way where they can walk away from the screen 
um, maybe a little bit smarter, but also a little more empathetic towards the world that they uh, that they live in. And I think that that's a um, that's a unique opportunity in the arts. Uh, but that's I generally look at, at projects that you know that uh, where the voice is speaking to me, where the you know the story has something to say, the writer has something to say about the world that we live in, and maybe even presents a unique perspective and human experience that I haven't seen before. How do you source? I mean, there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of scripts that get registered with WGA and get people yeah. are trying to shop and get made or get representation every single year. How do you cut through the clutter? How do you find stories that you say, hey, this is a writer I want to work with? Most of it is uh, referral based. I do uh, generally, I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to judge a lot of uh, screenwriting competitions, everything from like the UCLA master's course to just different uh, competitions around uh, around Los Angeles. But most of the clients that I um, that I represent now are either ones that I've had on my roster since day one um, and built their you know career from the ground up, but but, but or uh, writers that are referred to me either from agents, other managers, producers, or what have you. What advice would you give, say, an aspiring screenwriter who's trying to who's trying to break in? Uh, that's also a great question too, because I feel like uh, from the outside looking in, it's easy to go, um, easy to see what trends, you know, what shows are working, and go, oh, I want to write a show like Breaking Bad, or I want to write a show like Succession. Um, but my advice would be to not write to the market, but write what's what you're passionate about, write what's inside of you, like write from your heart, because. At the end of the day, that's going to be the most marketable, uh, most uh, well-representative piece of material for you and your voice uh, that that you could really hope for. Writing writing towards the market. By the time you you know pull your knock your arrow and pull the string back and shoot, the target's long gone. Uh, so it, it, no matter how crazy it seems or how out out there it is, the idea is I feel like that's the that's always the best way for a writer to start and to break into the business because. What you want is a piece of material that's not only where the voice is very strong, where it's really representative of who you are as a creative, um, but it's unique that it feels different when it's in someone's hands. Because you're right, there are a lot of scripts that every executive has a stack. Well, used to have stacks of scripts, but now have email boxes full of, <laughs> full of scripts uh, to read for every weekend. So you really want it to stand out. And then how do you do that? Because if you think about it, we see, I'm sure you hear from writers who say, I can't, I, I just went to the movie. I can't believe that movie got made. My story <laughs> is so much better, yet they can't break through. They can't get attention. They can't stand out short of, let's say, winning a screenwriting competition. How does that happen? Is that the old, are, we, are, are they supposed to send, you know, 150 query emails a day to every agent manager they can find? Hey, the uh, query letters, I would say, are probably not the most effective way, but I would not skip that step. Like there have been uh, shows, I have a client that responded to a query letter, he's a producer, um, and three years later, this show was on HBO. Um, and that was just, that was an unknown, someone who had never touched the business, lived in Connecticut and never even been to Los Angeles in his life, um, and then was, you know, sitting on set in an executive producer's chair. Now that doesn't always happen. It's pretty rare occurrence, but it does. You know, there, it's it's an important thing not to uh, gloss over, I guess. And and sometimes, and also, I think it gives you uh, uh, practice at pitching who you are and what your craft, what your craft is, what you think you're strong at, what your projects are, and all this stuff. But there are many, many other avenues that are more effective, like the writing competitions, the screenwriting programs, um, because it's not just about 
honing your craft, but also creating your community and meeting the other writers that are out there doing the same thing as you, really trying to get their name out there, get their script out there, and may have relationships and contacts. You never know who you're going to be working with five years from now. So I think it's really about taking it seriously like a business and really uh, making sure that you're writing, 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 but uh, uh, but also creating that community, just really being out there, not being afraid. Don't don't sit in your uh, basement and just, you know, tap out screen days, screenplays all day long. You got to get out there and talk to people too. Absolutely. Now, as a producer, you've got to keep a lot of balls in the air successfully without dropping any most of the time. How do you pull that off? How do you balance all of that, all those competing priorities? <clears throat> well, they say that producing is spelled P-R-O-B-L-E-M. <laughs> so, like, so you're definitely right about that. Um, I So two ways. One, as a manager, I have a small client list, and that's sort of by design, partially because I really came at this business from a creative standpoint. I really care, and I know a lot of managers do, um, care about the, the written word about the story, making sure that the client and the material is prepared to go, you know, to hit the market and it's the best it absolutely can be. Um, and that takes time and energy. And so I keep my client list pretty, pretty small, pretty compact so that I have time to do that, but that I also have some real estate during the day to uh, work on identifying and developing other projects as well. There's nothing on the air right now and that'll take up a lot of time when that happens, but we do have a lot of, uh, uh, projects and development uh, at different networks around town. Do you manage projects? Do you manage writers whose screen, whose work you know you're not personally going to produce, but you're going to shop it and help it get sold somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's an important distinction, actually. There, um, I, I think that there was, a, there was a time, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I guess this is just like my experience in the business. Maybe it's been going on longer than that, where um, managers and agents alike kind of realize that along with a producing title can come, you know, a four X what the commission might be. But the truth is like, and this is, this is a, um, just a, a sort of general uh, uh, description of what the difference in the role is. As a manager or an agent, what we're uh, really doing is readying the material for the marketplace and finding someone that, can hand, that you can hand the baton to. Because there's a point at which uh, when you sell the project, you sell this, it doesn't end there because you're still monitoring and you're still managing all the relationships and all of that stuff. But there's a job that comes with producing, with the producing title. And it's a very difficult job and uh, it requires a lot of focus, a lot of time, a lot of legwork um, and uh, a lot of problem solving. <laughs> and, uh, um, and that's usually, so, so I guess the short answer is absolutely. All my clients are um, work with me. I'm always looking for, while I do produce, there, there are tons of incredibly talented, amazing producers out there. And I'm always glad to, I love to introduce my clients to, uh, to other producers that might be, I, you can't produce everything, number one, nor would I want to try. Uh, two, I believe that there's like, you know, there's the right synergy for the right producer, the right production company for a project and for a writer too. And that's part of our job as managers to identify what those, you know, those synergies and make that relationship and push that forward. Uh, but uh yeah, most of my my uh, my clients are working with producers all over town. All of them are. With the advent of so many competing streaming services now, and all of these networks hungry for content, um, how does that? How has that over the last you know five or ten years, probably the last five, when it's really exploded? How has that affected your ability to get projects made, um, new contacts you need to make, stuff like that? Um. 
there's always new contacts. There's always new uh, opportunities and new avenues to to sell projects. One of the things that <clears throat> I think is sort of a central tenet of our business, at least on the side that I'm on, is that content is always going to be uh, in demand. How that content is sold, how it reaches an audience, it feels like is especially over the last like five to ten years, has been like continually shifting sand underneath our feet, which is part of our our job to navigate as well. Um, I find it exciting, frankly. Like it is definitely can you know can uh, create more work, but I also feel like those big tectonic shifts like this business, the business has been uh, experiencing over the last like five or 10 years, create a myriad opportunity for entrepreneurship too. Oil and Cattle is a acquisition and development fund. Talk a little bit about the origin of that and kind of how it dovetails together with ACC. So uh, Oil and Cattle is a fund that my myself and my partners raised to identify and develop uh, intellectual property, things that we could package and and uh, and sell to the market, both for film and TV. Um, it's become more of a full production company uh, as of late, as projects are starting to gain steam, gain gain momentum. But initially, it was uh, it was a fund that that. Uh, uh, really was like for a couple of clients that that uh, they have tons of ideas, they read a lot of books, they were always identifying material that they wanted to adapt. And so um, the idea at first was to put together a fund to support that because putting your money where your mouth is at the, you know, at the beginning uh, stages from concept uh, is sometimes a more, it's a, it's a more difficult endeavor to, to identify that early stage money. And we wanted to put that together so that we had that for um, you know, to, to deploy when we found and identified something early on with, so you're kind of almost integrating the supply chain, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's one way to think about it for sure. With all the success you've achieved for not only your own companies, but also on behalf of your clients, what's your biggest challenge now? Um, uh, I would say information, you know, like for, for me, I've been on my own for quite a long time. And, uh, that's one thing as the business changes, there's a, there are, there's a lot of information out there that needs to be gathered to make sure that we are uh, ready for those changes, thinking 12 steps ahead, um, creating ready for those changes to create more opportunities for clients. Um, and uh, I'd say that would probably be the biggest challenge right now. Um, but again, that's like a it's it's still a very exciting thing to me. I love to see the, the business, you know, the business changing. And because I believe that it's uh, it's growing and the truth is it just make it just creates more opportunity for storytellers. For sure. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Storytelling. I love development. I love um, the, I feel like I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> and uh, I, I uh, a couple of years ago, my mom, I'm from a small town in, in Missouri. And my mom's still sort of like, honey, I don't really understand what it is that you do. Because uh, we, <laughs> we work with writers and uh, producing. And I realized like, especially on the producing end, but really with any creative endeavor, I called her one day and I was like, mom, I get to make believe. That's what I do all day. Like we get to take, talk about people that never were, things that never happened in some cases, sometimes they're true stories. Um, and we get to turn those into tangible things, something you can see on your screen that actually turns into revenue uh, as well. So it's a, it's a lot of fun in that way where you're just really starting from a blank desk and an empty phone in your hand and going from there. That is beautiful. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you sharing some of it with us. This has been Seth Green with Tom Carter from Artillery Creative Collective and Oil and Cattle. Tom, thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.
Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.